I want to thank our sponsors, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both. Part two with Arana Lopez starts now. Enjoy. Trying to let bygones be bygones. Like I was because I went through this thing of, well, you still want to work in this industry. You still want to, you know, um, you don't want to create more. You know what I mean? You want to kind of whatever. So I was like, all right, you know, all right, follow back. Right. Then, you know, some things kind of started happening that was weird. And I had to unfollow him. I was like, I don't like what he's posting. I don't like what's going on. And then it led to me just all the way out blocking him. But he called me. Well, not call me. He texts me in June, like, hey, what's going on? The minute after I went viral, like after I started posting about how I was getting millions of views on my videos. Mm-hmm. And he, he, here he comes again. And it's always when I've established Some I'm type good, of success. I, yeah, I'm happy. I don't need you or whatever. So I don't never trust that. And now that all of this is going on and there's so many people talking, you know, I'm sure he like, I got to be real careful of how I address this. So I have not heard from him directly or anybody that is immediately um, related to him. I don't care if I do. I don't want to. I don't want anything from him. It's not about him. What I, I really want to make this point because I think it's very important. I love Dr. Dre. Like, just ride with me on this. Like, I love Dr. Dre. I think Dr. Dre is very talented. Dr. Dre, hands down, has created the soundtrack of our hip-hop lives over the last 10 years. You know, he deserves his success. He deserves to be the billionaire with beats and all that stuff he's doing. But Dr. Dre didn't stump some bitches' ears together. Right. He beat the fuck out of D-Barnes. She lost her show on Fox. She had a syndicated show on Fox. And over that NWA drama and her just doing her job and reporting the news and he felt some way, he violated her. He stumped her ears together and, and like, like smashed her face on concrete. She went and did a civil suit and got, like, a little bit of money, but she never worked again. Michelet beat her ass. Like, and, and let history tell it. Look at where she is and compare it to, you know. Right. So it's like, even historically, it don't end well for us when we stand up. It don't. Like, Anita Hill, when she, like, said what she said about Clarence Thomas, immediately her reputation was, oh, uh, well, she she followed him to two jobs. I mean, clearly, you know, if she if he was really that sexually assaulting and that, da, 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 da. But what does that matter? In in the history, once it all played out, she was absolutely telling the truth. He was lying, but her reputation is already damaged. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody has really come back from that outside of Tina Turner and like Rihanna. You know what I mean? Yeah. But part of it is you gotta be honest with it. You gotta own it and you gotta keep working in spite of. And even like people locally, right? I feel them fishing too much for information and trying to figure out why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's like in the background of all this comedy stuff, comedy is still very much important to me. I'm not quitting comedy. Just want to put that out there because I don't it's the woman thing. I don't even know where that comes from. People treat me like because I'm doing this or whatever. I plan on quitting comedy. Like, what the fuck they got to do with nothing? Nigga, my mama passed. My family been going through it since November. It's all kind of inner turmoil that I had to listen to being in L.A. and not being able to do nothing about it. And they going through it here. But I'm in L.A. around people that ain't really my friends. Right. People that ain't really, 
happy for the success I have or whatever. I couldn't get nobody to come visit me when I lived in Redondo Beach. Yeah. Out of all these friends yeah. that are supposedly friends, I would travel out to the valley and go to other people's events and go to their barbecues and they laser tag. And, and I'd be like, yo, come ride boats with me. And nobody would want to do it because right. they don't want to come ride boats with you because you live here for real. This is your real life. And so it was like, oh, well, then what am I doing? Like, what is this charade about? I'd rather be around people that really love me. Yeah. I'm spending thirteen fifty a month working my ass off, and I make it happen every month for what? For what? Right. And then I'm being told in the behind the scenes of all of this that I'm still going to need these people that I know have violated me. And even the manager I hired wasn't really working, but everybody who's affiliated with him was like, he was trying to, yeah, bitch, you would say that because you sucked his dick. I don't want to hear that shit. And this is real truth. Like, bitch, I know what you do with him. And I know that you get paid through people that are, so of course that's your loyalty. And I don't blame you. Bitch, get your money. But that does not negate what he did. And he told me, I even have it documented. He told me, well, I had to fix your funny style relationships. What funny style relationships? I only told you about one man. And he abused me. If you got stumped out by somebody, would you be in a hurry to really want to work with them? Right. For real? Like, would you really want to, like, rely on them for your livelihood? So it's just so much stuff overlooked and glossed over so that it can be. Especially when they've done you wrong in the past. Right. Especially when you can't really trust them to come through on anything that they say. Oh, no, I'm I'm past that bullshit. For real, for real. I'm going to look out. I'm, I'm past that. I'm past that. And so you're like, all right. But it never happens. So it's like, okay, well, don't, don't, just do you. I don't need it. I'm good. And me just being able to say, I don't need it, I'm good, was enough of an insult for them to be like, nah, we gonna make her regret this. Nah, we gonna, yeah, how's your life now? Like, people would say, how's your, is your life wonderful now? Is it, is it great? Like, people were sending me those text messages and stuff. It's like, why you care? Like, where is this coming from? Right. And who are you going back to gossip with since you clearly ain't got no fucking life? Meanwhile, I'm helping my sister keep her kids. Right. Real life shit. That's what I'm really, I left, I left a luncheon this morning. My, my niece got student of the month. I'm doing this stuff, and I'm only one person. I can only be in certain places at once. So it's like, then people go, oh, you was trying to do a show, ain't nobody show up. Well, you, it, I ain't lived here. I don't know what is the, the spots and the stuff, but I'm trying to plug in. I'm going to figure it out. But guess what? I'm not even pressed about that shit. It's right. temporary. Like, that's not the stuff that's really going to blow me to the next level. It was just a way for me to be active with my craft. Right. That is that that perfect to lead into the next question, actually. Yeah. That what is your ultimate goal with comedy and your career? What are you trying to do? My ultimate goal with comedy and career is ownership. I, I want to own everything. Um, specifically. Everything. In everything. the whole damn world. She not, not everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to own everything. I want slavery. God damn, this ain't uh, Django and shit. I want to, myself, like, I want to own the rights and I want to own masters of everything I create. I want to be in charge of my career. I do not want to rely on anyone or um I just I just want ownership of what I what I create and what I do. Uh I'm a Prince fan. <laughs> Prince spent his whole life fighting for the rights and his rights as an artist and I've always been down for that. I'm a Tupac fan. Tupac has always spoke out about, you know, the things that he felt were justice and and rightful to artists and stuff like that. 
um, my father's best friend, who we, you know, we lovingly call him uncle, but he's not my biological uncle, was in the Dales, a Chicago group mm -hmm. that was on like chess records. And, it, you know, everybody that knows, those groups didn't get their royalties, didn't own their music, but they worked like dogs. They weren't even allowed to be on their own album covers, but they were doing all the work and they didn't get the financial um, gratification from it. Right. Back in the girl, this is years ago. Uh, back when Knowledge used to do, uh, shout out to Knowledge, all right? Uh, <laughs> knowledge Beckham. Knowledge yes. Beckham. He used to do a room out at uh, Outriggers. I used to host it. Yes, yes, I yes. I was the host. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's why I was like, this is a minute ago. That's why I'm bringing it up because it's going to big you up too because you've been working. I just wanted to point out she's been grinding. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, back at one of your shows, like back then when he was doing that, my uncle came to one of those shows. He saw me do stand-up. He came with my father and he pulled me aside. He was like, yo, you got it. He was like, for real, you got it. He was like, but own all your shit. I know, that's right. Don't let them do what they did to us. He told me that there, at that room. Wow. Because he lived, like, in Flossmore somewhere. So, like, he was all about them, like, South Suburban comedy shows. Uh -huh. He, never, he ain't, you know, never try to come up to the Laugh Factory or no shit. But he, he said that to me then, back then. He was like, don't let them do what they did to me. Own all your shit. And so everything that I approach, I approach from that perspective. I got stuff on iTunes. I got, you know, because I'm going to put it out. I don't care if i am got a label. I don't care if I have a manager or agent or not. I don't care. I'm going to just put it out. And that's why, you know, like social media, it's a monster, but it's helpful in, in the right ways, in positive for ways. For independent artists, for sure. Exactly, because you know what? At the end of the day, it's like my own personal TV station. Mm -hmm. When you log on and you look on my page, I'm entertaining you. I'm sharing my thoughts. I'm sharing who I really am. You can either opt in or opt out. Yeah. Like, at this point, it don't make no difference to me. But Right. So. And you've gotten, you've gotten really popular with the astrology videos, too, which is. Because they fun. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Now, is that something you've always been a part of? Or did you study up on that and learn? Or was it kind of like, as a kid, I could see nah, into no. the signs of. Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I've always had an interest in psychology from day one. Like, uh, that's why I was one of my original majors. I've always been a people watcher. Um, I've always been interested in what makes people do what they do, how their mind works. Uh, why do people have certain qualities? Why don't they? Like just that compare and contrast and being a comedian, one of the blessings is we're in front of people all the time. Mm -hmm. We perform in front of tens to hundreds of people all the time. And, I mean, you think of it, 11 years of going everywhere. I've performed everywhere in the United States except for, like, Wyoming, the Dakotas, and Montana and some shit. I've never been in Mississippi and Alabama, too, but yeah, I'm black. I don't really want to go there. Um, Birmingham is 90% black. I just did Stardome. You know what? Still. So you do want to go there. Well, it's I mean, Roy Wood Jr. is Miss from there. Mississippi, though, I feel you. Roy Wood Jr. is from either. there. And so, you know, I fucks with him, and that can't be that bad. But even everybody in Mississippi, they live in Atlanta. The black comics we know, they yeah. was like, uh, get us out of here. Right, yeah. So, I, I'm, like I said, I don't have nothing against it. I'm just not in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go. Especially with the money right. in a hurry. But I'm not in a hurry. But I've been everywhere else. I've been Vermont. I've been everywhere. Wow. Stand up took me there. Stand up took me to London. Stand up took me there. And you'd be in front of people. And one thing I will always ask people is what's they sign. Just out of curiosity. And you just collect data. I think that is one of the first questions you asked me when we met. I asked like, everybody. What's my sign? <laughs> I ask everybody. Like, hi, your name Kelly. What's your sign? Like, damn, girl, you just I diving right in. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I ask everybody and you'll be surprised. And it's... There is no um, specific point I even try to make with it. I just really be, like, curious. 
and just collecting the information and based off of what people say and watching, you know, how they work and whatever, I started noticing connections. And that's what those videos are about. And the reason why people like them is because I ain't bullshit. Like, and I'm not basic. And people, what's so funny is when it's too real, people that don't want to admit that that's their, how they are, they go, well, she must have been hurt. And she went, no, I'm basing this on several people I know. I have a large family. My grandparents was fucking, okay? I have a <laughs> large family. But outside of my family, just coworkers over the years, uh, random neighbors. Comedians. Comedians, but just neighbors. Like, I'm born and raised in Chicago, but I lived in Champaign-Urbana for some years. I've lived in L.A. for almost, I lived in there for nine years. And I lived in different neighborhoods. You were there for that long? Yeah, 08. It's 2017. Wow. I left June this year. I came back one year the year I was married because my mom was so sick. And, like, you know, um, me being married, it was all this pressure on me to be at home. And how are you going to do that? And you going to be out in California? You know, all that little stuff. Once again, me being a Virgo trying to put people before me. Now, did you get married here or there? I got married in Vegas. But you that met was him. Awesome. You met him here or there? I was there. I met okay. him. I met him through my best friend. It, um, he is the cousin, the first cousin of my uh, my friend's husband. Okay. And he lived in New York at the time, and he relocated to L.A. to be with me. Okay. And yeah. you guys got a divorce? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. did that? Any specific reason other than he being an to artist? Play comedy. Okay, yeah, that's that's that, hard. Exactly. Well, <laughs> that's I interesting, though, that you was like, I can't, gate. I can't. <laughs> I told him out the gate, this is who I, especially after coming from what I went through, and this is very vital. After coming out of the, the you know, the, the things that I had dealt with dating in the past. Um, so this was after yeah, that. Yeah, I was, I just wanted to be with somebody who loved me for who I was for what I was doing, et cetera, et cetera. And I had a whole lot of people in my ear at the time that was like, yeah, well, you're trying to get all these ambitious types. You just need a simple man that love you. And he was that. He was great. He was passionate, good, kind-hearted, everything. He was a great human being. He was wonderful. He just wasn't the right person. Um, and So you believe there is a such thing as a right person? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not they're not perfect people, but they're the person that makes you grow, they're the person that um, they, they foster your growth and, and foster you being a whole happy human being. And only certain people are prepared to do that or even mature enough to do that. One of his problems was he wasn't mature enough to do that. He wanted to be in love so bad that he just wanted to be in love, which is not bad. It's not a bad quality to have. But, that's but that was usually just why it was people that date because they just want to be with. That, right. <laughs> yeah. it, but but he could have had that from a bitch that worked at Walmart. Truthfully, <laughs> not me. Somebody that has been going through the struggles that I've been going through who is so passionate about my career. He never got that. He acted like he got it in the beginning and was my number one fan and all of that. But the contrast of the L.A. comedy scene to the Chicago comedy scene, when we got here, that's when the issues came. Chicago isn't as glamorous as L.A. is. Yeah. See, when he was visiting me, when he was in New York and he was visiting me and we going to parties and Donnell Rollins and people walk in, he'd go back to New York to his little co-workers at Guitar Center and all that. Oh, my girl out there doing it, man. We was, with, we was at this rooftop party. You know, the stories are much more awesome. You come to Chicago and you're around. But you go to Chicago and you're doing subterranean over You know, it's, it's a whole different thing. And he got so... The ins- red pepper. Right. He got so insecure about that. He called the club one day asking if I was still there. And I'm like, I'm married to you. You can text me. I'm going to come home tonight and fuck you. Like, why are you asking other people where I'm at? Talk to me. Oh Talk to God. me. 
And it's like the fact that we had to have those type of things. Yeah. It was just like, I need a man who is secure in who he is and is comfortable with what he has going on that my life and what I'm doing isn't so much of a threat to him. Yeah. You know, because it's also... You That's get hard be, for us female artists. Our coworkers, yeah. they, you know, men are, still have egos at the end of the day. Like I said, he's an amazing person, but they have egos at the end of the day. Somebody got a phantom and they your coworker and you know you cute and he know why he with you because, you know, he's proud of you. He, he know what he got. He know that they looking. It makes them feel a way because you have access. And if they're not in that life, they don't have that type of access with their coworkers. So then it becomes a, a envy thing. It becomes a resentment thing, a competition thing. It's, it's too much. Right. And so he was like, uh, I just think he should, you know, maybe you should stop doing that. And it's like, you didn't change your career three times and I rode with you. And at the time, I felt so hurt and betrayed because I had like six incomes from comedy coming in at the time. I made more money than him. And it was like, word. So it was just no coming back from that. Like he said that, we tried to get past it, but more and more we just kept digging a bigger Because people hole. don't say things they don't really feel. It's exactly. like you sort we of kind of, you feel it. that deep down inside that this is what I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. We, yeah, we tried to get past it. But also, once again, coming from where I came from and the type of things that was told to me, the last thing I need to do is hitch my cart to a man that don't believe in me. Yeah. Like, straight up. Yeah. And that's what was going on. Yeah. I don't need to be married that bad. Wow. My self-worth ain't titled in the fact that I got a husband. I don't care nothing about that shit. I know, that's right. Well, my birthday is tomorrow. Amy, praise him. Hey, so, Libra. Um, I need you to tell me my sign information. Okay, so you're Libra. <laughs> so you're air sign. You live in your head a lot. Um, always thinking about your next move. Always uh, thinking, processing, stuff like that. Libras are fun and lighthearted, though. Um, you really, y- Y'all really, really are. Like, some of my most fun times I had were like with Libra people. You're also a cardinal sign, so you're a leader. You like to know where you're going in life. You like to know what you're doing. Um, you don't play the background very well. Like if it's required, you'll do it to be agreeable, but you like to lead, you like to be in charge, you like to have direction. Um, you're born on the 29th, so in numerology, any number plus nine is its, is itself. So two is your lucky number. Plus, if you just do the math, nine plus two is 11. One plus one is two. Your lucky number is always two, um, which is dope because that's your angel number. So any, like, uh, lost loved ones that you have, um, anytime God is really speaking to you, like, for real, like, if you pray and meditate, you know. I meditate every day, 417 days today. There you go. Consecutively, yes. Thank you. Yeah, because, like, here's the thing. When I stepped away from reading the Bible and being Christian the way I was taught, I started to see the inconsistencies of how really it's about disempowerment. It's about guilt, shame, and scaring you into living a certain way. Yeah. When the truth is right there in the Word, you know, God says, "Greater is He in me, greater is He in in you than He's who is in the world." In the Bible, there are several passages where God is saying, "You are Him in human form. You are Him." And so the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you, telling you where to go, how to go in moments of crisis, in moments of joy, in moments of pain. And a lot of it is told through the story of numbers as well. I wasn't even open to that way of thinking until my mother passed because her funeral was on 11-11. And that's one of the luckiest angel numbers ever. Wow. That's like that's the number of like transition and the law of attraction when things are flowing. Yeah. And I heard that in the past. 
But, you know, things just kept lining up where I was like, well, let me look into it. And like I said, it's not 1987. Information is out there. It is. So you start researching and you start seeing it line up. It's like, oh, this shit is real. But then it's good news. It's more empowering. It is. You don't have to live in fear and live in a, oh, what does this mean or whatever. So personally, to bring it back to you, your lucky number is two. Anytime. I've lost two kids. See? It's a, it's a powerful number, a number theme, a numeric theme in your life, in real life. And I really did feel, not to cut you off, but I really did feel like when my son passed away, I was like, that happened. I was young. It didn't really affect me. Yeah. My daughter passed away. I was oblivious that it was going to happen. Cause I was like, God took one child. It's not going to happen again. That's impossible. And then she passed away. And I was like, this just happened. And I went through like a year of like true disconnect from the world. I didn't know where I was at. But when I circled it back around and I started to meditate I like it changed my life. Like I started to do things differently. Like you said, I stopped saying go to church because I was going to church trying to figure it out. I stopped all that. I said, no, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to read Law of Attraction. Let me I'm going to read. And God I like is. changed Let me show my you how complete. Good God is. How many kids you got now? <laughs> Two. Lisa, See? sit your ass down. You see what I'm <laughs> my producer this is just real stood shit. up. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't lose nothing without gaining something, you know? You got faith, but then you gained another child. And I knew, yep, when heaven, I met Mike Come on when now. heaven was in the hospital. And I was like, faith Didn't needed you this. you her when you was pregnant? I was pregnant. Well, I, I was pregnant with Mike. the metaphor of being with child and your new life is beginning. Is yeah, I was, in the mix, I was pregnant. Kelly, I wasn't pregnant dope. with Mike. I said that. And I was never pregnant with Mike. I mean, I correct, know, but. Correct you, what I was I saying. What you, what you say, just, but the fact that you were with child. Yeah, when I met him. And yeah. you gave birth to a new life entirely. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. It is. We don't always want to look at it like that because it sounds all, uh, like I said, black people don't trust nothing but Jesus. But it's all in the fabric of your life and it all matters. I took a screenshot of something for you because you, you asked me for this. Because your birthday is on for the my birthday. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to tell you. I requested birthday information. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. This but see, is, I'm open to that now. Yeah. Before, I would have never been even, like, I just never. But you know what? It was always a part of me that never believed what I what I learned in church. Yeah, me It was neither. always a part of me that was like, this doesn't add up to me. And yeah. I'm trying to figure out why. Yeah. And after Heaven's Death is when I started to explore why doesn't this add up. Yeah. And that's when I started to come across all the law of attraction and, mm-hmm. you know, more of the living, the, the God living within you yeah. aspect of things. My intuition has saved my life on three different occasions. Like, in real life. Like, and intuition is something that can't be explained. You just got to listen to the inner voice. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you don't know why you just like something tell you, you just go and you do it. And it saved my life three times. I'm supposed to be here for something. He didn't spare me three times for me to just be here, live in the status quo, letting people talk crazy to me and mistreat me in the background. And I don't do nothing about it. And so it's like, I get it. There's going to be backlash. There's going to be, well, you look like this. And you look crazy. You know what? Well, damn it to hell. Fuck it then. Do you fuck with me or not? Just let me know. Do you fuck with me or not? Right. That's all I need to know. And that's and I'm good with that, yeah. you know. But um, to get to your birthday and stuff like that, the most important stuff about all of this, it's not about me. It's about you. So if it resonates with you, that's what it's for. Right. Just like how people that put me on to it, they didn't put me on to it. So I could go, oh my god, you're so dope and you're so great and you know all this stuff. No, they were just showing me, yo, this is the information that's out there. So the day of the 29th, September 29th specifically, is the day of the charged reactor. That is like your uh, 
spiritual identity. People born on September 29th fight an ongoing battle to maintain stability in their lives. At times, they can feel they are masters of the universe, and other moments are not worthwhile at all. Such swings in their mood and self-image are often due to a lacking, underlying lacking of self-confidence. Many born on this day gravitate toward family situations where they can find stability for a long period of time, but eventually move on, sometimes to a more isolated existence. People born on September 29th uh, genuinely are highly attractive. Hey, you better work it with your fine ass, Kelly. Uh, they're highly attractive and highly capable. Kelly has always been a grinder since I've known her. Those are real facts. Kelly don't wait around. Kelly will make some shit happen. Yet, wherever they go, whatever they do, the uncertainty and instability swirl around them. They may, for example, have great difficulty staying with the right career or the right partner for a long time. They are often like the eye of the hair the eye of the hurricane, which also itself is very calm and surrounded by violence and turmoil. People uh, born on September 29th, they can appear to be dispassionate to the world, but nonetheless, they arouse the strength and they arouse the strength in others. You better get on down. Hey. What you think about that? I think that that is very true. Damn near everything you said. Like, I'm, I have my issues where I'm like, so motivated i'm ready to conquer like you said the world and then i have those insecurities where i'm like should i why does this even matter why should i even be doing this and it does come in bouts it's like and i think that's where the bipolar diagnosis came from bipolar mania diagnosis but i'm like no maybe i've just lived a hard life and i haven't figured out how to balance it emotionally because i wasn't taught those tools yes and over the last few years with the meditation with the eating right with the working out with the making sure i do my self-care the morning routine the writing like i haven't missed a day of writing in over a year like I I take care of myself and the more I take care of myself, the more I become aligned with my confidence and with who I know myself to be. Yes. And I don't find myself dipping into those moments of like, yes. should I be doing this? We Why all are, am I doing? You know what I'm saying? It's just I didn't have the tools before. We all are doing the best we can. None of us are perfect and we all got flaws. If I knew better, I'd do better. Exactly. But see, <laughs> the thing is, that's the thing that makes these interesting. It's a way to know yourself better. Because when you know yourself, can't nobody tell you who the fuck you are. Yep. Kelly, you're a Libra. Now, that means, like, you know, whatever to other people. But let's really look at it. Libra is the sign of balance. Yep. So when your life is unbalanced, for whatever reason it's unbalanced, who, who knows who fucking cares? But when it is, you as a person are always going to feel inner turmoil. You as a person are not going to feel settled. Libras like to take a long time to make a decision because they want to make sure they're making the right decision. Mm-hmm. So it causes them to appear and be indecisive and aloof to other people who just don't understand their process. Right. But that's really what it is. They just don't understand your process. It doesn't make it good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just what it is. So, you know, when you accept you, you're going to attract more people that accept you for you, and your world just becomes better from the inside out. And now those are the real truths about how this all works. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the proof is in the pudding. That somebody tried to diagnose you with something, which is going to result to some medicine, which at the end of the day is going to result to a paycheck and some money for a motherfucker. Yeah. But when you took your own destiny into your own hands and just started doing regular things, you don't even need it. Yep. And I haven't. I haven't been on antidepressants in See? three and a half months, four months, yeah. I think. And this is, you know, usually by this point, I would have felt the, yeah. the effects of it, the not not wanting to get out of bed, the you know, and some days I do, right? Some days I have those moments where I'm like, "What is this day?" But now I've started this new thing, um, and I'm kind of giving out my workshop tips, but whatever. Hey. I started this new thing where I go down the ABCs of amazing things. So I say, "I am amazing. I am beautiful. I am caring. I am dedicated. I am uh, evolving. I am friendly. I am <laughs> generous. I am <laughs> happy. Yeah. I am intelligent. I am, you know, joking. Yeah. I am." 
you know, kind. And I yes. just keep going all the way till I get to Z. And it gets very difficult. Some letters just don't have good words to go right. with. <laughs> but it's uh, hard to not say voluptuous yeah. when you get to V. Right. Like, What's it? Vivacious, victorious, valiant, uh, brave, you, you valuable. Right. Valuable is a good. Valuable. One. Why yeah. is one that is not Y and Q are some that are like what? Like I just say yeah. yes a lot with Y. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm yes. I'm quintessential. Oh, like, yeah, yes. you be reaching hard. Yeah, you be reaching. Uh, and Z, too. Uh, Zellius is the one that I always go back to. I just Zeal. Yeah. Zeal, oh, yeah. Zeal. Zeal. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've really uh, found some tools to help me understand how to balance that because it's so sad, but a lot of um, children that come up in oh. mid to low class homes don't have the and even some that come up in middle and higher class homes yeah. their parents just don't put in the time to give them that understanding of what emotional balance is yes. and telling them it's okay to feel a certain way it's okay to cry it's okay to be in your emotions and this is how you come out of them right. or this is the tools that you need to get better yeah we don't get those lessons so we just learn to deal with them the way we saw our parents deal with them and exactly. a lot of time that was either by avoidance or anger yep one and or it two, just and keeps it just, recreating that cycle, yes, but you got to break the chain. It's your life. Yes. It's your life. Two things. Um, to the strengths, you're technical, you're intense, and you're capable. Focus on your strengths. Your weaknesses tend to be that you're obsessive, insecure, and isolated. Don't isolate yourself. Don't beat yourself up about whatever your weaknesses are. And, you know, don't obsess about nothing. Don't overthink. Like, just let it go. Nice. Specifically I'm a- for people born on September 29th. I'm going to jump right into my final four with that don't obsess over things. I like that. Um, So my final four is four questions in four minutes. Can you set the timer for the four minutes real quick? Yeah, we're going to end it on a bang. Let's do this. End it on a bang. We got to make it lighthearted. We didn't talk about all this deep shit. We have. This has been a really, really good conversation. I'm so glad that you accept it. Because you know what? Low key, let me just say this before you press start. Keep it a thousand. Because I was looking at you sideways like, what Kelly won't? I reached. No, no, no. I don't even lie. I I reached "Mm." out and said, can she be on my podcast when I got the third call? about that damn post. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to see if she's open to talking about this in a public right. form. And she replied and said, I'm going to have to pass. Yep. Right? I sure did. And so when she passed, I didn't reply immediately. I probably didn't reply to her for an hour because, like she said, on that decisive, I was like, first I was like, well, I right, then. And then I was like, no, nah, Kelly, you passed that. I said, you in a whole different place in life. You don't have to. I said, if she don't want to, that's her That's her decision, and you're fine with that. Right. And that's okay. And and eventually, if you guys get a chance to talk about it, okay. But if not, that's not even your situation. So you don't have to be involved in it the way that other people are trying to get you involved. And I had to have that conversation with myself before I simply replied with peace and love to you. You did. That's what I said. That's what she did. And she, in a week later... She hit me and said, is your podcast every week? I want to do it next week. Yeah. Like, look at that. Look at that. I was like, oh. And I, cla- I like, pat myself on the back when she <laughs> when she hit me the next week. I said, look at you with your peace and love. Look at you <laughs> sending that message on a, on a good note. Because had I sent anything else, that would have sent the wrong message. Yeah. And she would not have wanted to do it. You nope. know what I mean? But because I was like, it's not really my, that's not my struggle. Yeah. That's not my issue. And if she was open to talk about it, then great. But if not. Okay. Yeah. And let me just say this. Um, Like I said, when I first got it, I was looking sideways, but it was because of the atmosphere of, I was very aware of everything that was going on in the background. Uh Uh-huh. Like, you know, I'd just be paying attention. But I just needed to see 
what it was. Right. And when I got some distance from it, I saw it for what it was. I was like, well, she got a podcast. This is definitely a hot topic. Like, who wouldn't want to talk about it? And I don't have a problem with Kelly. So me not doing it or avoiding it would just really create more drama than is necessary. And I was like, I don't have a problem with doing it. And it seems like it's on the up and up, so I'm good. And I'm a part of that circle, but I'm not a part of that circle. So it's like well, we all are it's like in that, some way, right? But it's like so. that distance. I'm not directly connected to yeah. any of that. So um, great. So now you can hit my my four, final four four questions in four minutes. Setting the timer, you got it going. Mm-hmm. All right. What is the pettiest thing you've ever done in your life? Like petty, petty. Damn. Oh, clapping back. Clap it back, because, like, everything don't require a response. But I will clap back just to show you, you know, don't fuck with me. Clap meaning response or jump back at somebody. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to do that, but, you know, sometimes you got a point to prove. Okay. That's petty. If you could ask the universe for one thing that you had, uh, that you could have for the rest of your life, what would that be? It can be an emotion. It could be something tangible. It could be money. It could be happiness. It could be anything you want. What would that one thing be? And you would never have to worry about obtaining it again, because you'd have it forever. I'm bordering on freedom and then stability. Like, I, I just want freedom. I think more than anything, that's my final answer, Doc. Freedom. freedom. <laughs> if you could have a conversation with one person, dead or alive, who would it be Tupac. And why? I don't even need to finish this question. Why? I, I just always felt connected to him, like, through music. Like, and... I never, ever experienced that. Like, like I love Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was end-all, be-all in all black families. But um, I was in third grade the first time I heard Brenda Got a Baby. And just all of that. He was just such a, a enigmatic figure to me. And then for Kendrick to have that track on um, To Pimp a Butterfly at the end, I thought I just thought that was so dope how he, like, like simulated a conversation with Tupac. Oh wow! I was like, I would love to do that. That's some fly shit. That's I fuck with Kendrick even more. Tupac. I <laughs> Tupac. don't even need to think about that. Shit. Okay. And if you can go back in time and tell your 16 year old self a bit of advice, what would that be? From now till then, what would you say? Looking forward. If it don't make you happy, don't do it. If it don't make you happy, don't do it. I spent a lot of time doing things for the approval of others. A lot of time. My parents included. Like, I just wanted them to be proud of me so badly that I made certain choices. Or in relationships, I wanted them to love me more, and I would make certain choices. Fuck that. I think that's a good that's a good answer. Um, it's and the real answer. It's like, fuck That's that. a great answer, because I, I feel like that's everybody's, like, if it don't make you happy, don't do it. That's the ultimate law of attraction. It's all about what makes you happy. That's um, what we're here for. We're here to be happy. Yeah. You're productive as people when you're happy. Yeah. You can't be productive when your shit is in chaos and turmoil. Absolutely. Happiness is the ultimate goal. That's why I want freedom. Because mm-hmm. if I got it, then I don't really need, I'm not confined to bills or, you know, bad, toxic stuff. Just give me freedom. Yeah. Let me roam. By the way, I stole that question from Oprah. I always have to say that at the end of my Get show. Get on just down, Oprah. I feel See, Oprah like, be out here changing lives. I everybody. feel like I need to say that every time. So uh, where can they find you online if you can give them a... Uh, you can always find me at uh, Arana Lopez 100. Lopez, long story. He was Dominican when I married him. Okay. So at Arana, A-A-R-O-N-A. Got to spell it because it's ghetto. A-A-R-O-N-A, Lopez 100. On Twitter, on IG. That's also my Facebook fan page. Uh my regular Facebook page. Well, my I didn't lost some friends, so y'all might be able to come on my regular <laughs> Facebook page and follow me on the main one. It's Arana Lopez, uh, and then on YouTube, Arana Lopez, and y'all can just watch all the little artistic stuff that I've made since two thousand six. Awesome! Yeah. Thank you so much again, Arana, for coming yeah. on. I really, really appreciate it. This was cool.
Yeah. Wait for real. Thank you. Listen, you better get on down. Can I, can I talk now? Nuh-uh. No, really, I do have some. I mean, I'll edit it. But, hey, guys, make sure you come out to uh, some amazing shows that I have going on in Chicago. October 12th, I'm at the Improv in Schaumburg for the Cates. October 18th, I'm at Pilsen Stand-Up. October 20th, Lincoln Lodge and Caffeine in Evanston. October 21st is the workshop, How to Live a Less Petty Life, Finding the Tools to Focus Less on Them and More on You. You guys can find all of that at my website, kellyhoward.com. That's kellyhoward.com, K-E-L-L-Y-E-H-O-W-A-R-D.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'm Kelly Talks. Peace. I want to thank our sponsor, She Funny, a platform created to encourage funny women of color to be empowered in their funny by offering various resources and online visibility. And also our friends here at Cards Against Humanity for their hospitality and donated studio space. I appreciate you both.